Well, what's going on, everybody? It's Coach Mark here with Coach Chris. Hey. And you are listening to the Triumph Nutrition Podcast. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking about caffeine and alcohol. Oh, boy. Yeah, it's it's big ones. Chris, did you know that caffeine is the world's most consumed psychoactive drug? I did not, but that makes total sense. I think I probably uh, might lead the way on that. Yeah. Not bragging, but <laughs> not bragging, but uh, I drink excessive amounts of caffeine. Yes. So yeah, it's a, obviously a really popular thing. Uh, I feel like there's a coffee shop on every corner, and every even the small towns have like yeah, for sure. coffee coffee shops. Like they're just kind of exploded. Obviously, it's kind of uh, weird times for retail in general. But I would imagine once we get behind this pandemic, they're going to continue to move up and to the right. And uh, obviously, there'll be smell of players in the games when you look at like juice, juiceries, and different things like that too. But I feel like coffee is definitely a thing here to stay, which is kind of probably you know even 20, 30 years ago, yeah. um, probably really wasn't that big of a deal for most people outside of just soldiers and putting it on the <laughs> yeah, putting a pot of coffee on. You're like, well, that's that's what we're drinking. Yeah. Um, funny enough, if you bring that up, fun fact. Uh, one of the most popular kinds of coffee, the Arabica, um, the, um, those beans in particular were actually discovered because of goats. Hmm. Um, there's a book right now, um, Jared actually recommended, it's basically how caffeine changed the world, um, oh. finding the cocoa beans and all this stuff, yep. the coffee beans. Um, and goat farmers were finding that their goats would eat the berries from this bush and start acting different. Hmm. Um, and they were trying to figure out what it was. So they brought it, they tried it out, they processed it and started drinking it and realized that they were more productive, had more energy and all this stuff. And that's actually, so coffee in that part of the world was actually discovered because goats were eating berries from this bush. Wow. Yeah. So it's, it's super interesting, the, the beginnings of coffee and to where it is now. Because um, yeah. now you're getting artisans who are really specializing in very specific kinds. And, Mm-hmm. Um, you get people who are, you know, can become coffee snobs pretty quick. Yeah. 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 I, I would, um, I definitely try to go for the higher grade, oh, right. uh, coffee, you know, folders. Come on, get that, get that. Out of What's the, the chalk, chalk full of nuts. The one yeah. That used to drink oh my God. Them. We've come a long way from, uh, the old, uh, early gym <laughs> days of just, just basically drinking tar um, whatever had caffeine in it, but yeah, obviously there's a bunch of different ways to do coffee. Um, you know, here in Florence, there's a couple of really good shops, um, that we absolutely support on the regular. And, uh, you know, with our hours and I know Chris is obviously up, uh, really early and then has to sometimes come, you know, and work pretty late and, um, pretty much anyone in the gym industry kind of gets that, um, uh, idea of, we're working around all the people's schedules. So, you know, you're starting your day around five, 6 AM, whatever it may be. And then you're typically not ending it until six, seven, eight o'clock at night. Yeah. And, uh, definitely in the earlier stages of building the gym, there was copious amounts of, of coffee, energy drinks, all the things we can get our hands on, um, that would sustain us through the day. But what, um, when it comes to caffeine and again, we'll get to alcohol eventually, but, when it comes to caffeine, how much is too much? So the American Heart Association and 
several other kind of organizations recommend no more than 400 milligrams a day. Um, it's about like four cups. It's about four. Four, four cups. Depending on, depending on the roast and all that kind of thing. Um, there's, you know, you look at a pre-workout. So if you drink a pre-workout and one cup of coffee, you have maxed, maxed your day. Uh-oh. Yeah. Whoops. So two bangs would be uh, right at 600 milligrams, to put that into perspective. Mm. Um, you know, you look at, so if you look at a shot of espresso, each shot of espresso is somewhere in that 45 to 75 milligrams. Um, so, you know, three to four shots of espresso, you're done. Yeah. And the big problem with that is espresso is delicious and goes down quick, mm. right? So, you know, that's something that people can overshoot. Whereas a normal four ounce, six ounce cup of coffee is around 44 milligrams, right? 44 mm -hmm. to, you know, 60. So not quite what a shot of espresso is. So per ounce of espresso is about two cups of coffee. Yeah, <laughs> it's a very, very potent. Yes. Um, so, you know, you can overdo that very quickly. Um, I actually already have already hit my allowance by uh 10:30 today. Mm -hmm. You know, I had a six-shot espresso drink, um, and you know, my heart will hopefully forgive yeah. me for that. You're seeing sounds. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, it is just one of those things. Um, and it, you know, while it's not an addictive, um, caffeine isn't addictive. You definitely get withdrawals when you cut it out. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. That's no, it's, it's. I would argue it is a little addictive on on my end of things, but I, sometimes I almost think it's the process. I think that even ties into going to coffee shops and stuff. Like, oh, for sure. I mean, I just like going into a coffee shop and ordering my coffee and talking to the barista and just maybe seeing what they have because they're always changing things. And I just like the vibe, yeah, um, you know, and definitely more of a local style than a Starbucks. Yeah, but yeah. I definitely get how obviously Starbucks is, is doing things that are more kind of organized structure. You know exactly what to expect, obviously. It's that time of year where, you know, we just went through the pumpkin spice and now we're into, you know. My uh, favorite now is peppermint. Peppermint. Mm -hmm. Oh, thank you. Yeah, there you go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like a religion. It is. Uh, when, it, when it comes to the brand of Starbucks. But, uh, and, and I think that's a huge piece of it too, right, is even in the early, again, this book talks about the history of, you know, okay, now we have coffee in the coffee houses. And um, I think he was talking about in England – um, especially each coffee house had its own theme. Huh. So it attracted specific um, people who worked in specific areas. Sure. So if you went to one, you would get much more of the financial industry. One, you would get more of, you know, um, real estate and things like that. Uh -huh. So it was like, that's how you got the news and that's how you discussed topics. So the whole idea of this coffee shop being a place of gathering um, I mean, you look at TV shows, like the most obvious one is Friends. Almost every episode started yeah. at a coffee shop, <laughs> you know. Um, I don't think they actually ever had jobs. The only one you ever saw worked was one or two of them, <laughs> you know. Um, but you look at that and you go, okay, so where did this all stem from? It's years and decades and decades of this reinforced idea of this is how we start the day. This is where we meet and talk. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and with the recent shutdowns and stuff, that's my favorite place to study is a coffee shop, yeah. you know, and now I'm driving to different coffee shops, like, please let me in. Mm -hmm. Like, so, so we're looking forward to being able to get back to at least that kind of norm. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting to me too, whenever you do see the people that kind of make it their, um, 
their their own office, like just because yeah. they have a, a and they've they've paid two or three dollars maybe for a coffee, and they're like, now this is my office, yeah, and it just posts up there the rest of the day, and yeah. they're like, you know, if it's at capacity or something, they don't even think about like maybe I uh, maybe I should get up and yeah. and maybe go somewhere else, but they definitely uh, post up, and it's very common to see at a at a coffee shop. Um, so we talked about maybe uh, the limits of of coffee. So we're looking at like 400 milligrams of uh, caffeine, roughly about four cups. And um, I think that's roughly usually about two energy drinks. Like you said, with Bang, it's a little bit more. Um, wrote down 10 Coca-Cola. Yeah, I saw that one Good too. Good yeah. Lord. Yeah, I couldn't imagine drinking two Coca-Cola. Yeah. Like, yeah. But some kids, you know, especially with online gaming, you know, oh, stuff yeah. like that, they're just cranking through this. Um, and that's kind of the interesting thing with the whole gaming industry too is now they're coming up with their own sup- their own supplements oh, which yeah. is crazy yeah. um, but they're like oh you know this this is a focus thing and it's, it's caffeine and a couple other things you know yeah. it, it hasn't changed a whole lot changing the branding yeah um, which is cool like do your thing I love it um, I think I think where most people get the caffeine issue is drinking it too late sure. you know you can talk about timing all you want but you know they talk about that the half life of caffeine that, you know you're, you drink it six hours before bed, your sleep through studies have shown is disturbed. You know, so now you're waking up more tired than you were before, more caffeine, and it just becomes this chain. Um, What's a good cutoff time for caffeine? I know the, the half-life is usually up to seven hours. Yeah, like yeah so anywhere from five to seven hours, depending on what you're drinking. Um, I generally cut it off by, let's say, 3 p.m. at the latest, uh-huh. and generally that's a decaf. You know, there's sure. still some caffeine in that. Yeah. Um, you're talking probably 25 milligrams, mm-hmm. uh, but I try to I try to cut it off by somewhere in that two to four, depending on how late of a night it's going to be. Right. Now, if I'm dragging and I got my, my 19 year old run, my 19 month old running around, mm-hmm. I'm probably like last night I slammed a cup of coffee at four. Yeah, it was like, yeah, yeah. screw it, I got to do it. Yeah, you got to you know weigh the pros and cons. Yeah, um, you know. Yeah. And, and I'm used to not sleeping a ton anyway, and I'm a pretty deep sleeper. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, would I probably recover better if I cut it out earlier? Absolutely. I think it is pretty personal preference. Yeah. And it's one of those things you just have to kind of explore with. Um, obviously, the if you can give yourself that cutoff time, I think that's going to benefit you more. But for some people, I know people that can have a cup of coffee and fall asleep, you know, 10 minutes later. Oh, yeah. Um, but again, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going into a deeper sleep. It, it might still be affected by that. So um, just be cognizant of that. What are potentially drawbacks? Um, too much caffeine. Too much caffeine. You're going to stress. I mean, you're stressing your heart out, right? You're increasing your, your heart rate, um, you know, especially before a workout. Too much caffeine before a workout. You're you're about to go elevate your heart rate and you're elevating your heart rate. Yeah. Right. So for, for me, you know, at least exercise-wise, when you look at like conditioning, I won't drink mm-hmm. it before conditioning. Sure. You know, you're putting yourself in yeah, a pre-workout before a CrossFit might not be your best. No, I mean, not the best way to go. I definitely um, have had clients over the years, or even personal experience. <laughs> yeah. You know, way back when it was like "Endo Explode" and you know all these yeah. original kind of uh, popular pre-workouts and. You know, the workout hasn't even started yet, and it's like people are going to the bathroom to possibly throw up. <laughs> yeah, it's like, ooh, <laughs> uh-oh. That's, that's bad. Um, but, you know, the, the negatives is you can't have withdrawals, right? Um, most most of the withdrawals are going to be a headache, maybe a little nausea. Mood change is going to be a little bit. 
um, just because you're not, you don't feel as up, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it, you're not as picked up, so you might be a little lethargic. And that can last anywhere from two to 10 days. But once you're on the other side of that, you know, um, I think Ben Bergeron, you know, put it really well. He's like, if you take caffeine out for a month and then you drink a cup or two of coffee, you feel the benefits so much more. Right. Um, and that's where I struggle is really is taking it out mm-hmm. when I don't really need it versus I just want it. Sure. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, the, the negatives would be drinking too much consistently. You're going to put some strain on your heart. Um, and some studies show that that's not true. Um, some studies show the opposite. I think getting Ryan Townsend in here, um, he sees a lot of that. Uh, from people who are overdoing things on their heart and seeing that yeah. they have to have transplants earlier on valves and things like that. Sure. Um, and that's, I think, mostly with energy drinks, not so much on coffee, mm-hmm. right? Those those um, synthetic caffeines and things like that, all those energy drinks can really do some damage. Um, but not all caffeine is equal. You know, you look at your lattes and the things that are loaded with sugar and fat and things like that, Um you're not just getting caffeine. Now you're pumping full of sugar, you know, um, mm-hmm. and generally caffeine is a little bit of an appetite suppressant. So if all you're eating is caffeine, you're probably not drinking a ton of water and you may not be eating meals cause you're full from fat and sugar. Right. You know, so that's something to really pay attention yeah, to. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely see that. And, um, you know, one of the things kind of to one of your points about um, taking it away, I try to do no caffeine at least one day a week. Am I always successful with that? No. But generally, maybe on a, on a Sunday especially, um, I try to at the most do like one cup of coffee, yeah. um, just a normal, you know, kind of cup of coffee. Sometimes I'll do like pour overs and different things like that, but or just not at all. Yeah. Um, and it definitely helps with reintroducing it back into the system so at least maybe one or two days a week sometimes i'll i'll do like a wednesday or something like that one of those middays uh of the week i'll try to not have uh caffeine at all or not as much and it is beneficial because when you fall into that just constant consumption mode of like i have to have this you know i have to it almost becomes like a psychological thing where all of a sudden you know you're sitting there it's one o'clock and you're feeling a little bit drowsy where in reality, it's probably maybe because you had a bigger lunch, you know, or something like that. Um, but mentally, you're thinking like, I need this energy. You know, I need yeah. energy, and energy comes from caffeine. Yeah, energy could come from doing some jump jacks or yeah, you know, doing some push-ups or you know, going on a walk. Um, there's other natural ways to kind of get energy, which obviously we live in this microwave society, and like we said, there's instant access to coffee. Oh, and, yeah. You know, I could probably get a cup of coffee from Amazon. I would yeah. imagine. Oh, absolutely. I, I want it. Well, it'll still right be here. Huh? <laughs> well, and I think too is it's you get into the routine of it. Like like you said, yeah. the whole routine of making coffee is kind of therapeutic in mm-hmm. a way. Um, and then you look at certain situations. Like for me, when I study, when I read, I love having a cup of coffee there. Sure. You know, um, one of the books I'm reading where he was talking about getting out of. Um, trying to get out of uh, the caffeine addiction, the addiction, the habit um, is he would always walk to this coffee shop, get his coffee and then walk back. He still walked to the coffee shop, but instead he got like a mint tea, mm-hmm. right? Which doesn't have nearly the caffeine in it, you know? And he was like, did it suit my needs? Absolutely not. 
but it kept some kind of routine. Right. Um, and I think that's a big thing is, you know, if it is part of your team, trying to switch to some teas without so much caffeine in them. You know, if you're taking certain medications, like for me, I can't take my inhaler and do a pre-workout or do caffeine. Sure. Because my heart rate just jumps. Uh-huh. Um, so that's another thing, you, you know, to be aware of. Certain medications are going to have um, different effects. Like anything with ephedrine, problem. Um, echinacea has been known to have issues. Like there's just certain things that have issues. Uh-huh. Steroids. If you're on a steroid and you take caffeine, whoa, you're you're on turbo. Right. You know. Um, yeah. So I, I, yeah. No, those are all solid points and. Again, always the disclaimer, we're not doctors, you know, we're not, don't take our advice as set in stone or prescription model, but listen to your doctors or those people um, that are advising you on any type of nutrition, supplementation, stuff like that. Um, You know, hey, take this pre-workout. Is it just a bro at the gym, you know, telling you that Um, or, or, you know, so many experts are on YouTube these days and so on and so forth. They're just trying to push their product. So you always want to research independently. Obviously you can talk to us. If we don't have the answer, we'll try to find it. But I know pre-workout's a huge one that a lot of people fall in love with and they overdo it, um, you know, way too much. So just be careful, especially like Chris said, if you're taking medications and inhaler, stuff like that. Um, What's great, uh, you know, these days a lot of people have these smart watches and, um, different um, things that'll track your heart rate. Yep. That should be something you're aware, aware of. Like, what is your resting heart rate? If it's, you know, you can do a simple search online to see your age compared to a normal resting heart rate. Um, if you're in the upper ranges or, or in a healthy range and you drink a lot of caffeine, you should probably think about stopping for at least um, a week. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, you want to, you, you know, that's. At the end of the day, I think we can all get on board with if our heart is beating less times per day, that's a healthier heart. Yeah. You know, we don't want to see like, yeah. it's not a, you know, I want to try to get my heart to beat, you know, a thousand times a minute. <laughs> I won. Yeah. And I yeah, exactly. Then it exploded. Like my um, heart rate, just because it's interesting, my heart rate, oh, uh, 48 is resting and I'm at 68 right now. Yeah, it's really good. That's pretty good. Um, you know, you don't want these huge variations. That heart rate variability is a big thing. Um, but if you have a Whoop, if you have, you know, a Fitbit, if you have an Apple Watch, anything like that, track your heart rate because that's a big indicator of wellness too. Just if you're getting sick. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, one of I can't remember what pro golfer it was. He had his Scott whoop. Stallings. Yeah, yeah, he had his Whoop, and his HRV was higher than normal, uh-huh. and he was like, eh, something's not right. And he went and got checked out and he had COVID. Yeah, it's so pretty incredible. Which is wild. Yeah. Um, so paying attention to your heart rate is a really big. Absolutely. That's, that's again, using technology for, for the benefit of those those types of things. And obviously we're being sold to a million times a day in this society, but um, really trying to objectively think of like, hey, I do feel a little bit off or, you know, so on and so forth. Maybe I should track my heart rate um, for for you know a month or something like that just be cognizant of of what you're putting in your body that's that's affecting it so alcohol the other kind of uh, side of the coin of um you know that we picked today doesn't yeah. necessarily have to have a similarity uh you know than caffeine but it's obviously another highly consumed yeah. beverage yeah and you know 
versus caffeine, it does the opposite. It yeah. slows you down. Right. You know, um, the pros, um, the, I thought this was interesting, National Institute on Alcohol Abuse and Alcoholism has confirmed that alcohol, again, in moderation, can reduce the risk of heart disease. Yeah. Uh, Moderate drinking, and I thought this was kind of crazy. This seems like a lot to me, but I'm not a big drinker, and I know you're uh-huh. not either. Um, <laughs> moderate drinking is the consumption of fewer than three standard drinks per day. Sponsored by Budweiser. Yeah, right? <laughs> uh, they say a standard drink is equivalent to approximately 12 ounces of beer. That's a lot of beer a day. Yeah, 36 like, ounces. Yeah, your heart might be okay, but you're going to be overweight. Yeah. Uh, five ounces of wine. Or one and a half ounces of distilled spirits. Interesting. To me, that seems like a lot of alcohol. Um, and I would want to read more into that study to see where they're like getting to that. see the studies on their livers. Yeah. So, you know, your heart's one thing, but, you know, um, that's another. Um, so they also um, say that it helped. Now, I have heard this one quite a bit. Drinking alcohol can lower the risk of developing... Uh, gallstones and kidney stones i've mm-hmm. actually heard that quite a few times um i'm not 100 sure how that all works but body's processes are kind of interesting mm-hmm. um to me there are probably easier and healthier ways to go about it mm-hmm. you know um, alcohol whether you it makes you feel better not you know within a couple drinks it's still going to do some damage to your body yeah you know i read something and uh your body doesn't know what to do with, with alcohol, doesn't know how to store it. So that's why it kind of tries to eliminate it yeah. relatively quickly. Yeah. Um, but inevitably, it's it's going to do some damage before it gets out. Yeah. Um, when we look at those high quality, you know, high amounts, uh, binge drinkers, you know, we've all kind of been there at least a night or two. Uh, yeah. All of us have made mistakes. You know, what are you feeling the next morning? Yeah. And it's a lot of regret. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what is that? Oh, it's regret. There it is. And dehydration. Yeah. And, um, you know, vomit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, and it, you know, there's, there's so many, there's so many times where you go with good intentions. Oh, I'm going to have one or two and then you overdo it. And it just, the lack of inhibition, you know, mm-hmm. there, there, you make more mistakes due to it. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, whether that's eating mistakes or just, poor choices, whatever that is, you know, yeah, um, nutrition usually, choices really tend to fall at the wayside after yeah. a couple of drinks. Yeah. All of a sudden your nutritional goals kind of get flipped on their head when your, your inhibitions kind of get lowered on, on alcohol. Right. And you can absolutely, you know, have all these hunger cravings late at night. Cause you know, it's Typical scenario, at least maybe not in the pandemic, but you go out to the bar and you have some drinks and then what do you want to do? You want to eat some pizza or you yeah. want to, you don't want to have a salad before bed. You know? Yeah. 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 Soak up. You got to go home and, and raid the pantry or fridge or yeah, whatever. Box of goldfish. <laughs> yeah. Shoot. all my kids food. Yeah. Where are my snacks? In my stomach. Yeah. So, I mean, alcohol is a fairly obvious one as far as not being a promoter of health long-term, you know, it has its kind of minor, uh, you know, potential for, for an an very moderate consumption uh, like wine and beer and stuff like that, you know, very moderate, um, you know, a little bit of bourbon, stuff like that. Not going to necessarily kill you at the end of the day, but as we know, 
unfortunately, moderation is usually swept to the wayside when it comes to consuming alcohol. Well, and all the hidden calories, too. Yeah. Yeah, I saw the average uh, was average beer has 150 calories. Yeah. So, again, if you're having three of those a day, it's almost 500 calories. Yeah. Um, and not usable calories. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's just not empty. like, oh, it's just vegetables. No, right. no, it's not. We talked a little bit on the last podcast about how alcohol can inhibit um, muscle growth, you know, in, in large quantities and stuff like yeah. that. So it's typically going to slow the growth of muscle, um, you know, so if you're actually trying to make some gains um, strength-wise, alcohol is just going to be your enemy yeah. um, in a lot of regards. So you look at any, I think you look at any high performer yeah. physically, they're not drinking alcohol. No, they're definitely not. Or very minimal. Very, yeah, very. I mean, any of the, I know that was a big one with obviously CrossFit athletes in our realm. There's any of those CrossFit Games athletes, they're maybe like once a year they're having a couple of beers, yeah. you know, or something like that. But, and, I, and, you know, there might be an exception out there, but I don't really know of them. So, or her. So, Kind of wrapping this whole thing together for kind of our just daily athletes that we have here at the gym when it comes to a prescription model for caffeine and alcohol. I would say I would say stick to black coffee if you can. Most studies show the, the highest benefit with black coffee with the most minimal kind of con to it. Mm-hmm. Um, alcohol, keep minimum. Limit your alcohol, especially if you're trying to cut weight or gain muscle, which is everyone here. <laughs> so, so if you're trying to get in better shape, stay away from alcohol as much as possible, you know, or if you are going to go drink, make sure you're hydrating well. Sure. Um, that's, that's a huge piece of that. Mm-hmm. You want to avoid, you know, that hangover or just not feeling well, drink a ton of water, yeah. flush that out. Try to get some healthy food too, before yeah. you go out, uh, carbohydrates, different things like that, that will maybe thwart off those kind of hunger cravings so if you're like hey i'm gonna go out with the with, you know girls night or or whatever um you know boys night going on a vacation like hey understand that uh you're you might have to do some some uh fasting yeah. <laughs> in in the morning hours potentially if you're going out drinking at night but getting just a solid base underneath of you of food before you start you know to, to tie one on it's only going to benefit you in the long run uh, and I and I think you know when you when you are drinking, you know I've kind of limited myself to two drinks. Um, I have one kind of socially, and then I do my best to really take my time on that second one and possibly not even finish it, right? To keep myself from going to that limit, because it seems to me like from what I've seen, two turns into three, and oh, yeah. that goes right. Yeah. If you don't, if if you're kind of nursing that second one and just enjoying the atmosphere more than anything sure you don't generally tend to really you know oh i only had half of that second one so i'm gonna have a third part like mm-hmm. you just kind of stop um, yeah I, I agree with that wholeheartedly i think um much like when we're eating um the same thing with consuming alcohol um it shouldn't be a race yeah you know if you're a chugger or if you know like i can finish two before my buddy finishes one um, maybe just try to stick with him or her that's a slower drinker. And it's kind of like when we're eating a big meal. If we consume a full meal in under five minutes, yep. you know, all of a sudden we're going to still feel hungry. Yep. You know, so try to try to enjoy this, hopefully, what is somewhat of a unique 
experience with consuming your alcohol um, and really let it settle as opposed to, you know, I want to drink this beer or whatever as fast as possible. Cool. Yeah, man. Um, I dig it. I think um, those are all solid points. Questions on the interwebs? Uh, I think we just get to one this week, um, and then we're going to dive. This will be a great subject for our next one. Um, But for uh, this gentleman, recommendations for recovery when pushing five to seven days a week to stay productive. Okay, If you're pushing five to seven days a week, we have one number one. Mark, get him. How many days are in a week? Seven. Wow. You learn something new every day. Um, sleep, guys. Um, it's always going to be your best form of recovery. It's going to trump any stretching, any supplements, any fancy pants you can put on. That's right. Uh, fancy pants. What about uh, – so you said if, if – um, He's working out five to seven days a week. He just is pushing five to seven days a week. I'm, I'm with this guy. I'm, I'm feeling like he's working out five to seven days a week. And this person in particular, I know works a third shift. Maybe he works out, goes to work, comes back, works out in the morning. Brother, you got to sleep, dude. Like, yeah, sleep, hydrate, obviously nutrition. Um, and and don't attack every workout at a hundred miles an hour. Yeah, sure. You know, that's a great point. You got to call your shot. So when you come in, um, so let's say, you know, dude's a trooper. You work out, you go to work, and then you're coming off of a 12-hour shift. Mm-hmm. When you're in here for that second workout in 16 hours, mm-hmm. 80%. Yeah. Get a good move workouts, you know, get some get some sweat in, and, and then get home, shower, mm-hmm. eat kids sleep. Yeah, knowing yourself, knowing your body, it's always going to be an individual thing. Yeah. Obviously, if you work up to that five to seven, you know, where are you at in that process? Like, have you been doing that for months or is it just starting? Um, how does your body feel? I know there's a really popular gym. I can't think of the name of it right off the top of my head, but I know um, one of the top, he's a real top trainer. He would always have his athletes, as soon as they came into the gym, do a max vertical jump. And then depending on where they're at, so let's just say that their vertical jump is typically 30. All right, so they walk into the gym cold. All right, you know, go ahead, jump. All right, you got 28. Okay, that's within a range. You know, you can train normal. You got 34. Okay, we're maxing out today. Yeah, we're you're, going at, you're at peak. But, hey, you got 19. All right, turn around go home. Yeah. You need a rest day. So it's not always maybe that obvious. But I know personally, and I'm sure Chris, uh, the same way, wh- whether I have it or I don't that, that particular day, by just picking up an empty barbell. Yeah. Like if you pick up an empty barbell and you're like, eh, this kind of feels heavier, it probably is to yeah. your body because your body's like, hey, buddy, we're, uh, we're a little tapped out on this end. Yeah. So that doesn't necessarily mean you have to go home. Obviously, if you're in the middle of class, that'd be kind of weird. Like, mm-hmm. oh, hey, see you guys later. But to Chris's point, um, 80% can maybe be you know, um, hard to find for some people like what's 80%. Just don't go all out. Just, just throttle back. If it's the workout we're doing today, they got a lot of Tabata stuff. Um, you know, do you know, don't do the RX weight, you know, lighten the weight and just slow down. Yeah. I mean, even if you were to come in and go, look, 
I'm just not feeling good. Like I just need to come in and move a little bit. Mm-hmm. Man, take a rower down and row yeah. for 30 minutes, long, slow distance yeah. style. It's not going to hurt you. You know, if anything, you may benefit from a rest day or two. Yeah, Ram Wad in the you back. Know, um, yeah. CrossFit.com has been there for over a decade now, and one of their big ways to promote the pro, you know, the program of CrossFit is three on, two off, or three on, one off, three on, one off, mm-hmm. and rotating that. At most, they recommend five on, two off. Sure. You know, if you're truly hitting high intensity five days in a row, you need to rest. Yeah. You know, Um, and we do a pretty good job here making sure and tracking everyone and kind of knowing everyone really well to see how they're moving. And if we see someone who looks like they're dogging a little bit, you know, seeing what's going on. Yeah. Uh, when, When you are pushing seven days a week of this, you're not recovering. There's no way. It's just no way. Yeah, you know, again, there is an active recovery, and yes. we're doing the 21 tough, and I, I definitely use the second workout as just usually a walk or yeah. something pretty light, you know, maybe put a vest on or carry, you know, a dumbbell, kettlebell, sandbag, you know, pull a sled. I totally get it, but it shouldn't be back-to-back workouts every day that right. are just grinding you into a, a you know assault kind of thing yeah so i think we kind of nailed that point home just you know sleep recover and you know for me it's it's getting just a stretch routine down a foam roller you know different things like that are always going to help the body recover um you know again if, if you're always tight in certain areas as far as your hips and stuff like that um obviously you'll benefit from a rest day but if you do feel and there's some people that really feel you have to stay in it and I totally get that mindset too, but just knowing um, not every day is going to be a PR and accepting that and not letting, you know, failing or something like that within a given class or something like that really crush you. Um, so just, yeah, it's all good. I mean, if you're coming five, seven days a week, awesome. Like you're a freaking rock star. You're crushing it. Um, but just understand that um, father time's undefeated. So at, at a certain point, um, you know, one, one of those things are going to give, and it's usually, uh, unfortunately, something within your body if you're not uh, recovering properly. So very cool, guys. It's a little bit of a longer one. So we appreciate you guys um, sticking with us and uh, keep the questions coming. We absolutely love uh, interacting with you guys um, on the on the Facebooks and whatnot or just in the gym. Um, we would love to help you out with your personal daily nutrition. Um, me and Chris are working on a challenge for January. So we're getting kind of excited about that. Obviously, um, you know, kind of a low-hanging fruit whenever we turn the calendar year to get people more engaged with um, their fitness. So um, de- more details to come on that. And uh, in the meantime, if you guys have any questions, always follow us online, Instagram, Facebook, Triumph Strength, and at our website, triumphstrength.net. Thank you, guys, and have a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, And uh, we'll see you guys soon.